You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about the best ways to support the authors you love and interviewing Mer Lafferty. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I'm reading a book you recommended to me. <gasps> Which one? My Best Friend's Exorcism. Oh my God, it's Grady so good. Hendrix. It is really good. It is so scary. It is so scary. That I could not go to sleep at night. One night I just decided to stay up and get through certain parts of yep. it because it got really scary to me. But it's also funny. Yes. So it's set in the 90s. It has this very like throwback feel because all the titles of each chapter are some are a 90s song like Like yeah. a Virgin or We Got the Beat. Yeah, and it's, it's about really cute. Yeah, a very adorable teen girl friendship, which is very true to life the yeah. way it works. And it's and one of the girls may or may not be possessed with a demon and how that sort of transpires but it's actually really scary it's a great horror book yes oh my gosh there was one night where i had to sleep with the lights on it i was just like, so scared is it the part where she's writing yes <laughs> <laughs> that part scared me so bad and i don't know why yeah it's, oh he's so good great he's also the guy who wrote grady hendrix also wrote horror store which is like that weird ikea horror like it was like a haunted ikea book that came out a few years yeah ago. i didn't read that but it, have you read that do no, you like it i i oh. i want to read it now that i've read my best friend's exorcism yeah i want to read it too what are you reading, Mallory? Uh, I am reading a book called Stephen Florida by Gabe Habash, which is, it's a really, surprise, super weird book. It's like re- really weird fiction all about this guy. He's in college and he's a wrestler and like the only thing he cares about in life is wrestling. It's like the only thing his life revolves around and he's like really, it's all from like in his head. It's like stream of consciousness and it's just like his whole life revolves around like he barely like doesn't eat for pleasure he doesn't do anything for pleasure he only wants to wrestle but at the same time there's this man called the Frogman who like lives in the corner of his brain who's like it appears in the corner of his room all the time and talks to him and he's like trying not to think about it so like there was some trauma in his past that he refuses to think about and his parents are dead so you can tell that there's something terrible going on in this guy's life but he's channeling all of his life into wrestling to to not have to deal with anything else in the world. I'm impressed you're reading a book. If someone was like, you should read this book, it involves a lot of wrestling, I'd be like, I don't understand that. Yeah. I would I mean, like not get it. The only reason I, I was like, ooh, I want to read this is because it's really weird. It sounds it sounds weird, but totally up your alley. Yes, and it has a really cute picture of a lynx on the cover, and I got a great Instagram photo of my kitten, Sailor, right next to it, who looks just like him. <laughs> Which is the most important thing about it reading, really, is how, what kind of Instagram photo are you going to have? It really what, is. What like, kind of cat <laughs> plus book photo are you going to find for your Instagram? It's top priority <laughs> yeah. for me. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got some awesome feedback this week. Uh, Shannon wrote in to tell us that she got back into reading after listening to us talk about getting ebooks from the library on your phone and that she's been loving it. She's been reading ebooks and listening to audiobooks. Shannon, you rock. We're so glad that we can help you. Hearing stories about you guys reading more because of us just like makes my entire life. Props for the library I use. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm very pro library. I use the library all the time. Woo-hoo. It's exciting to hear to hear about other people starting to use their library. We have a really awesome active Facebook fan page for the show and we got a really cool post from someone who it's a follow-up to mallory's moving conundrum uh which, which was, was a fucking nightmare are you through it oh i'm through it <laughs> but ariana wrote that she has a solution to moving with books she said i have a ton of books as well as a ton of yarn because i'm a knitter when we moved to our house i packed the boxes with half books and half yarn they're pretty light and everything gets packed so just go become a, a, a knitter. This is a brilliant idea. I love it. This is like combining two 
really great hobbies, putting them in the same box, but making it easier to move. This is brilliant. It's I so love good. this, and uh, you could have done that if you were only a knitter, Mallory. Yes, but I have the coordination of a baby giraffe, so <laughs> it's going to take me a little while to work on that. That just sounds adorable. I don't know if that is uh, that. It's not as cute when it's knitting needles are involved. I see, I see. <laughs> also, we just want to let everybody know that we're testing out making this podcast accessible for deaf readers. We've attached a transcript outline thing to the Maximum Fun blog that this goes up on so that those with hearing impairments can get in on our awesome bookish action. If you have a friend or loved one that's hearing impaired and loves to read, please share it with them. We're, we're trying to get some feedback. We want to make this podcast as accessible to as many readers as possible, even if you can't hear. So you can email us your tips and your thoughts at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give a big shout out to Danielle, who runs the Reading Glasses Facebook group. Go over there and join it. They're always talking about books that they're reading. If you want good suggestions, that is the place to go. And also Rachel, who created the Reading Glasses Goodreads group. You can go join that. It's a private group as well. We love them both. And there are some really great discussions happening. And we are so excited just to be a part of the bookish community. You guys are amazing. Before we tell you how to show authors some love, we're going to take a quick break. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. This week, we're talking about authors and the fans that love them. So you find a new author that you adore, what's the best way to support them? Where do you follow them online? We see people asking authors these questions all the time, so we're here to help. Mallory, I have a book fact for you. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay. Who do you think is the most prolific author ever? Like, if you're going to support the most prolific author ever, the most books published, who do you think it is? Wouldn't it be God? God? He wrote the Bible, right? <laughs> is that how it works? Okay, but that's one book. Oh, fair enough. Oh, and right, also, okay. God did not write it. It was a bunch of apostles, and also, I don't know who. I don't know. I don't, okay, fair enough. It was a bunch of apostles. I don't know how. I, I don't okay. know how God works. Okay, it's not God. It's, <laughs> it's not, not God. God. But it is. Most, you know what? You're on the right track, though. Oh, ooh, it's a religious thing. Yeah. Is it kind of? Kind of. I mean, it is. Yeah. Uh, Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> He's the guy who does that like mindfulness, new agey stuff, right? Yeah, that's a good one. That's that's a guess. I'm gonna tell you who. It's L. Ron Hubbard. Oh my god, he's written one thousand. I should have guessed that. I live in L.A. Four published, published, uh, published works. What? One thousand eighty-four published works. What? Um, the first one was on February nineteen thirty-four. The last was on March two thousand and six. L. Ron Hubbard. I don't know, dude. I, Look, I'm not a Scientologist, so I don't know. I'm, I'm making, but holy crow. I mean, I don't know how long all those are, but it's over a thousand published books, which is more than anyone I could possibly think of. Jesus Christ. There's your book fact. Damn. <laughs> well, okay. I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> holy crow. <laughs> Take a breath and talk about supporting your authors. Okay. This that's, is our moment to get our uh, fangirl on. I'm uh, excited about it. Apparently, L. Ron Hubbard was very supported. So if you want to help your <laughs> authors be more like L. Ron Hubbard... 
First off, the best way to support authors that you love is pre-ordering a book. Now, if you love an author, you know they've got a book out, you can pre-order it at your local bookstore. Literally, you can just call them and be like, so-and-so has a book out. I want to order it. Here's my name. Uh, you can do it on Barnes & Noble's website. You can do it on Amazon. Basically, wherever you buy books, you can probably pre-order them. And you can ask for it at your local library. Uh, where you pre-order a book doesn't normally matter for the author. It'll support the author and show the publisher that there is interest in their writing either way. And all sales from pre-order go into the first week of sales that the book is released so it's more likely to make bestseller lists if it has a lot of pre-orders that's a huge deal for an author right so like if i order a book before it's out and then also that sale goes into the first week along with everyone else so even though we all ordered it in the months leading up to it it, so like you know you got 500 and like the six months beforehand it looks like they sold 500 in that first week yes and that's why pre-orders are so important and that's that first week is really what publishers look at for to determine the success of an, an author, especially a new author. So this is like the best possible thing you can do for an author. I read a lot of, um, you know, updates on what's coming out. And I follow a lot of people on social media trying to keep up with that stuff. But I miss a lot of things that when they come out. So pre-ordering is also a great way to not forget that a book is coming out. Oh, that's true. So I, I just like my TBR list is way too long for me to remember it all. I try to keep all the books written down and I'm like, this is not coming out till February or whatever. But a lot of times I forget. So pre-ordering is a great way that you know it's just going to show up. For me, it'll just show up on my Kindle right when it comes out. And you're like, surprise, book. Also, I asked a librarian friend, Brazos Price, friend of the show, um, about what if you pre-order a book from the library, if they actually have to buy that book. And he said they don't, but most public libraries want to buy the books at their patrons' request. So they typically will set aside a part of the collection budget to fulfill requests from patrons. It usually helps if more than one person requests the same book, especially in a bigger library system where you have several hundred requests in a given month. So this is a great way just to get your library to buy the book. Also, will up the sales of your favorite author. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And it's available for more people. And uh, for Los Angeles Public Library, you can actually just do it online through Overdrive. That's what you amazing. do is you do a search and um, you scroll, and the book won't be there because it's not available yet. And then you scroll down and you just tell them, you just recommend them to buy it and they will purchase it. Almost every book I've ever recommended, I think all of them have been purchased. That's awesome. Yeah. And then they show up on my list at some point. They're like, we bought this book. Do you want to re- check it out? Bria. Yeah, it's awesome. But what if you're not going to buy it because it's at the library or you already own it? The second way to support an author is to talk about it. Because there's a lot of different ways you can get a book that don't involve buying a new hardcover, which are expensive. You know, you can get it from the library. You got the paperback. You found it in the hollow of a tree. You borrowed it from a friend. But you loved it. You love the author. You still want to support them. Talk about it on social media. Tweet about it. You can um, Instagram a photo of it and like put a little review that you loved it. You can review it on Amazon. On. I read books that people recommend to me. All I, the time. Look, I read lists. I look online. I see what my favorite author is doing. But we take word of mouth really seriously as Absolutely. readers. Because because you never know what a book's going to be like. And you can't judge a book by the cover. But mm-hmm. you can kind of judge it when people say, hey, you should read this book uh, when they're talking on the internet. I don't take the bad reviews as seriously. But when, when several people recommend a book, especially on social media, I definitely pay attention. Absolutely. So it's, that's really, honestly, the best thing you can do. Even if you have already purchased it, the best thing that you can do in tandem is just to talk about it. Um, And don't forget about Goodreads, too. That's a place where a lot of people go to find book recommendations. And uh, it's something I check before reading a book, usually, to see if it has a pretty good rating. Also, you can rate it at the library online through Overdrive. So I go and rate every book that I read five stars if I like it. 
I don't rate it if I don't like it. <laughs> Again, <laughs> this is what I do. But I just I, when I look when I look at all of my holds, which is usually twenty books that I have the option of reading, I go and see which books have the highest rating on my on Goodreads or on Overdrive. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Caveat to all of this: here's a little author etiquette tip. If you don't like a book and you still feel the need to talk about it on social media, don't fucking tag the author in it. Oh, if you no. tag an author and, and a bad review of their book, you're a trash baby. Like, no oh, question. Yeah. You go to the dumpster, you crawl into you the crawl dumpster, into dumpster, you start eating trash, and then you make a bed out of trash, and you wear trash. <laughs> yeah. And you turn into a baby. <laughs> that is what happens. That's absolutely... You are literally the trash... You were made of garbage at that point. You were made of garbage. Yeah, don't tag somebody. That That's the worst feeling, is to have someone tag you, and you go, oh, someone wrote a review. Oh. Like, why? Why? This You're just a trash baby. Movies I'm in. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, speaking of social media, where can you find authors? I mean, besides at the bar. But <laughs> uh, most authors are on social media, and uh, it's really nice if you give them a follow on yes. on various forms of social media. So even if they don't run their own account, it's a really great way to support an author. You know, having a big following is is important for a lot of people in media nowadays. They're, and they're also a great way for you to find out about new works coming out, signings that they're having, events that their author is doing. Look up your author on Twitter. Sometimes authors make other social media feeds public, and that's a really fun way. There's a lot of authors are on Instagram or Snapchat or Pinterest. Or Pinterest? All- yeah. Like they're Pinterest. They're like, this is what I did. I think of Pinterest as solely a place where you put like craft Moms projects only. No, I like it for craft projects because you know I'm over there making right. like I'm baking some baked goods you and are. making you some crafts. So, um, so I think I go look on there and I'm like, oh, what kind of doorstop can I make? Like, <laughs> are they making doorstops? I guess. Had a book. Doorstop cozies. <laughs> well, but I've seen authors who like make Pinterest vision boards for their book. <gasps> a Pinterest? Share this with me. <laughs> Will you share this with me? How cool is this? And then like, I mean, Erin um, Morgenstern who wrote The Night Circus has an amazing Instagram feed. Uh, Lindy West has a great Instagram feed. Roxanne Gay is awesome on Snapchat. Wow. And, you know, Twitter. There's so many authors on Twitter. Daniel Jose Older, Jessica Valenti, Kevin Hearn, Charlie Jane Anders, Celeste Ng. They have amazing Twitter feeds. And lots of c- cool comic artists have great Instagrams with all their art. Yeah, which is really fun. So if you have a social media platform that you love, see if your author's on there. What about LiveJournal? Oh, my God. I think George R. R. Martin is He's the totally only in person left who uses LiveJournal. Oh, and Caitlin Kiernan. Okay. All right. They're okay. the last two. The last two bastions of Live Journal. And then a Russian company bought it, so it's mostly like Russian people. Oh God. Well, that's how they're invading the U.S. anyway. Maybe so, you know. through Live Journal. <laughs> um, yeah, but you can follow him on. I, I hear he still writes on there all the time. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you like an author's writing, see if they have a blog. Like, just literally, if you love an author, just Google them plus the word blog. Cameron Hurley has an amazing. Oh, blog. I, bet, I bet that's true. Chuck Wendig has a great blog. John Scalvey yeah. has a notoriously excellent blog, and he features a lot of a lot of other author up and coming debut authors do guest blogs on John Scalzi's blog. So if you love their author and you think their writing is important, also you can send them an email. Yeah, I mean, look, don't be afraid to fan out on people. This is this is my theory. I am not ashamed of my fandom, and I don't think people should be ashamed of their fandom. And also, as a person who creates things, I want to hear when you like something. It means a lot to people who are creating things, and they are writing that not because it can go into the ether and never be talked about. They want to hear that people like it. So just look on their website, find the contact form, write them an email. Yeah, authors love hearing from fans. I got an email from a lady who loves my writing the, last week, and it made me cry, but in Aww. a good way. That's really, really good. Sweet. Just don't be crazy. Don't be weird. Yeah. Here's some creepy things and weird things that you should not ask people. 
Yeah. Bra size. Yeah, no, no, no. Phone okay. number. You're not going to be friends. You're not going to call each other on the phone. Don't ask people on dates. Don't ask her, Don't ask questions that are immediately available via Google. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Don't ask don't, what is your what is your book called? You don't ask these kinds of questions. No, it'll be don't a book ask, creep. Yeah, yeah. But but to write someone and say, "Hey, I just want to let you know your book has changed my life." Hey, I just want you to let you know your book got me out of a book slump. I just want to let you know that like yeah. I just took your book on vacation and it meant a lot to me. That's totally fine. I feel like it's important, and there's a reason they have a public email address. If yeah. they don't want to be contacted, they're not going to have a public email address. Yep. And this is a good way to like emotionally support the authors that you love. Oh, I like that. This is a this is an emotional reach out. I mean, as long as you follow the rules of not being creepy, don't be a weirdo. Don't send them any weird, creepy photos. No photos. You don't need to send a photo. Maybe of you reading their book, but you don't even need to do that. No, they know what their is. book looks like. Yeah. I think just the hey, I really enjoyed what what you did and it meant a lot to me is yeah. great. Writing is a really, really lonely thing. So in addition to making sure that the money that you're spending on an author is going to them in, in a way that is helpful to their career, making sure that uh, you are supporting them on social media so they have a larger platform on which to release things. You know, it's nice to hear from fans because you just like write and it goes out into the ether and sometimes people, you don't know if it's it's resonating with people or not. And book sales, you know, it's, you can look at the numbers, but it's really, really nice to hear back that you're actually touching people lives here is a little bit of uh a book homework today go send a tweet to someone that you thought fo- that you like yeah go send a tweet to an, an author that you're like hey i really like your book they're gonna really appreciate that yeah even and also but another author etiquette caveat if they don't send you back a nice long essay about how much they're thanking you that's okay too totally totally they, they might be really busy yeah just just you're not doing it for the feedback you're doing it to give them feedback Yes, seriously. So send us your author support tips to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we talk to award-winning author Mer Lafferty, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Allegra Ringo. And I'm Renee Colbert. And we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? Uh, I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? (laughs) I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? <laughs> all right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you What do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds the- good to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. And here we are with the incredible Mer Lafferty. She's author of the sci-fi thriller Six Wakes and winner of the Campbell Award for Best New Writer. And she co-hosts the writing podcast Pinch Diggers. Mer, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? We're good. We are real good. We always ask each other when we see each other, so we're going to ask you, what are you reading? What I am reading? Oh, gosh. I just... Let's see. I just finished Shauna McGuire's um, Down Among the Sticks and Stones. Oh, nice. And uh, because we listened to that on a road trip, and it's it's sort of a standalone, but the second in a series, now I'm re-listening to uh, her award-nominated and currently winning lots of uh, first book, which was uh, Every Heart a Doorway. That was yeah. That book was awesome. my daughter. So uh, she can find out how the story started, even though it takes place after the second book. So Cool. 
So, somewhere you're a sci-fi author. Do you get real into book technology? Or are you do you, are, are you a high tech reader? Uh, what you mean, like Kindles and stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a Kindle Paperwhite, and uh, I sometimes read on my iPad when I can't find my Kindle. But <laughs> I like the Kindle. I like the Kindle Paperwhite because I don't have to. Uh, it does. It's it's not allowed to distract me with anything else except for a book. Yes, I like that as well. And you can read in the dark. Yes, that too. Is there book technology that you wish existed that you you would like to exist in the future? This sounds really small, but I want to know fully where I am in the book. Because that's the one thing I've never liked about ebooks is I never get a sense of where I am in the book. And, you know, when you're reading a paper book, especially if it's a big one, when you get towards the end, like seeing your bookmark near the end of a big fat book gives you this sense of anticipation and uh, makes you want to read a little bit more than you would have otherwise because you know you're so close. But in an ebook, I do not get that sense. And I don't care what, where in the vast numbers Amazon tells me I am in the book, it still doesn't register in my mind how far I am into it. So I, I would like to know exactly where I am in the book and how close I am to the end. You want it, you want him to like send you an encouraging phrase where it's like, <laughs> like you're almost there, you've almost finished the book. <laughs> that would be fun, actually. So we're so this episode we're talking about um, how to support authors, ways that as readers we can just be supported in the bookish community. We want to know as an author, what is the best way for fans to support you? It's really funny because just like five minutes ago, uh, my co-host Matt and I were talking about this uh, pre-orders. Pre-orders are amazing because they tell the publisher how many people are looking forward to your book. Yes, you might sell thousands in a long tail, but they don't care about that. Um, and some people say, I'm waiting to get till all of till the series is finished before I read all of your books. That's death. Uh, that's just, publishers don't want to hear that. Authors don't want to hear that. And I've had a series... Uh, die because not enough people bought it. And I'm pretty sure there were people out there going, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll wait till they're all done. And well, they're all done now and there were two. So thanks. <laughs> so pre-orders is are huge. They're, they're just so helpful to authors because it tells the publishers how popular we are and they like to hear that. And it doesn't matter where they're pre-ordering. If it doesn't matter what kind of bookstore, if it's a Barnes & Noble or if it's an independent bookstore, it's just as long as they're pre-ordering it. Exactly. So, Mar, do you have a book that you love to gift people the most? This is a question we like to ask all of our guests. Uh, it depends on who. Um, but I'm usually gifting... I, I came up with the, the the trifecta term recently because it, it'll be a book I'll get in audio form because I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And then when I stop driving, I'll need to keep reading it so much that I'll go buy the ebook. And then when <laughs> I'm done with that, I'll think someone needs to own this and this author deserves even more money and I'll go buy it and gift it. And the last the last book that did this to me was uh, Station Eleven. Oh, great uh, book. And I remember I was listening to it and then I bought the ebook to finish reading it. And then I bought it for my mom because I'm just like, you have to read this book. So um, I don't know if there's one that I always, that I frequently gift, but often it's, if I'm reading something that's really, really grabbing me, then, then I'll insist others 
get it to. And I realized a while ago that I was buying people the books that were on my wish list, and I thought maybe I should stop doing that unless I really knew they would be into them, or else I was just projecting. So, Mar, you do a lot uh, of good in the world to help out writers. You, you and Matt Wallace, who's also a great writer, have a show called Ditch Diggers. You want to tell us about that real quick? Yes. Uh, first, I have to brag that we are Hugo finalists for FanCast. What? Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but we... Uh, we decided to start doing a show about the business of writing. Uh, my other show I should be writing is for beginning writers just to basically say all the anxiety and doubt and fear and the tears you shed over rejection and all of that is completely normal and none of it is a reason you should quit. And granted, I could say that in about 30 seconds, but I've been able to talk about that for the past like 12 years <laughs> on my show. But Ditch Diggers, we decided to do to focus more on the business of it because uh, if you really want to be a writer and you want to make a living writing, then you don't have the luxury of writer's block. You don't have the luxury of, oh, I don't feel like it today because you have to do the work. So just like ditch diggers can't get ditch digger block, they go to work and they, they dig the ditches. When you're a ditch digging writer, you go to work and you write the words. And if you can't, if you got blocked, you write something else, but you got to keep working. So this is a show that's focused mostly on um, business. And we talk to, uh, we talk to people about publishers and agents. We talk to agents. We talk about contracts. Um, We've been talk. We talked to a couple of comic book writers. We talked to a couple of uh, pop culture writers, and just talked to anybody who's trying to make a living writing and how they're doing it, and also whoever is okay with uh, talking about the problems they face, because not everybody wants to admit that there are problems, but almost everybody encounters them. So we try to shed the light on some of those things and tell people how to deal with it. So you've got this great I Should Be Writing podcast, but you also have a I Should Be Writing book coming out. Can you tell us about that before we have to head out? Yes, I was uh, thrilled to be contacted by an editor uh, a year ago uh, from Quarto, and she said she enjoyed the podcast so much she wanted to turn it into a book. So I wrote the I Should Be Writing book, which is part book, part journal, and I... If you're a listener to the show, then you're, a lot of it will sound familiar, but there are a lot of writing prompts as well. And um, I, I created the, the concepts of the muse and the bully, where the muse is the, the little, the person that brings you all the ideas, and the bully is the one that tells you they suck. And so you have to deal with, with what they both say to you. And um, it, was, it was a lot of fun to write, and that'll be coming out in August Uh 20 something whatever tuesday is in the 20 something part of august sorry now it is over there but uh yeah it, it was a lot of fun and i'm really proud of it so i'm excited to see if the uh people who've gotten something out of the podcast will appreciate getting something out of the book too awesome mark where can we find you online uh merverse.com and i'm on twitter as mighty mer Awesome. Mara, thank you so much. This has been really interesting from both a reader and writer perspective. You guys have been so much fun to talk to. Thank you. Now we're going to solve a reader problem from one of our listeners. And this is from Mac. 
Hello, ladies. I have a book problem. I normally love to read. No sci-fi book is safe for me. However, over break, I have to read two books for class and I'm having trouble even picking them up to start. They're supposed to be excellent, but every time I try to sit down with one, I ended up picking up my phone or rereading something I've already read. There just isn't enough to keep me interested. Do you have any advice on how I can make myself read? How do you pay attention when a book gets boring? So, my advice, normally I just say dump that book. Dump but, that book. But since you're reading this for work or school, you, you can't can't dump that book. I feel like it's like the, the book is the bad boy. Like dump that <laughs> dump, bad boy. Dump that book. It, like we well, you know those t-shirts that say dump him, but it just says dump that book. Dump that book. I feel like that goes against the reading glasses, like that yeah. is against what we believe in. But I do think sometimes you should dump a book. But go ahead. I want to yeah, hear what you have Life is too short. So, But when you have to read a book... Here's here's my strategy. I like to break it into chunks. Even if you just could only manage literally a page at a time, you know, break it into little little tiny pieces, break it into chapters, break it into pages, set rewards for yourself, whether it's like a snack or a- what I do is I break it up with reading a book I actually like. Like, oh, I'll read one chapter of this book for for work. Write some notes. You reward the reading with reading? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll, I'll let myself read something I actually want to read. And I read this. Now I get to read another thing that I also like. Yeah. <laughs> Not going outside, calling a friend, having social time. Nope. No. The, reward the reading with reading. <laughs> That's the Mallory way. And if, uh, you know, if you're focused on one chapter or just one page at a time, it seems a little less overwhelming. It might take, help, take some of that despair away. Also, see if it's in a different medium. Doing it on audio while you work out might be nice. You know, read, listen to a half an hour of it while you're running or jogging or, you know, however you work out might help. Yeah, I totally agree with this. I like your advice. I, people may or may not know, have a graduate degree in American studies because I like debt. And <laughs> I didn't money. know what I was doing with my life when I was 22 and decided to go to graduate school. Hey. Anyway, you had to read a lot of boring ass books when you get a degree in American studies and you have to read at least three a week, if not more. Um, and there, a lot of them are not ones that I was really three excited. Three a week? Yeah, because you have three classes, and then each class assigns a book a week. Jesus Yeah, it was Christ. a lot of reading. It was a lot of reading. Holy smokes. So I would do basically make myself sit down and do a certain amount, like you said, 50 pages, sit down, and then I get to take a break. I also discovered two things during that time. Garlic stuffed olives, which are so good, and I would warn myself <laughs> by getting to eat them. And then also, snack alert, Apples. Apples, actually, are supposed to give you as much of like a a wake bump. I wouldn't call it a caffeine bump, but like a jolt as uh, coffee does in the morning. I'm allergic to raw apples. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're such a mole person. (laughs) You like can't experience nature. (laughs) All right. If you're not Mallory... And you can experience fruit without it hurting you. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry. You can't have apples. It's really raw. Funny. You can have cooked. I can have cooked apples. It doesn't do the same thing because I think part of it is the sugar. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! She started snorting. That means I've lost her. She's gonna. Do we need to take a moment? Yeah. <laughs> So something about the crunch mixed with the sweetness is supposed to wake you up? <laughs> what is happening? Is it me talking about snacks? No, I just think this is a very on-brand answer for the both of us. Like, Mallory, you think you should read more. Bria thinks you should have some snacks. <laughs> this is like the most Mallory and Bria answer we've ever done. I'm leaving all of this in there. <laughs> oh. Oh. Listen, okay. you can't see, but I'm literally crying with laughter right now. <laughs> 
There's a, so also, can I just recommend this thing? I'm going to recommend something snack related and then we're going to move on, which is an apple corer, which basically is this thing that's a circle and it's got blades around it and you put it at the top of an apple and you push it down and it divides the apple into like six or seven bite-sized pieces. It is amazing. It's an amazing invention and probably the best thing I own in my entire kitchen. <laughs> Invest in one of those and eat snack some tech. apples. <laughs> All right. And that was my snack, snack advice. Snack tech with Bria Grant. <laughs> If you want some advice from me and Mallory, send your questions to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. We're going to leave you with this episode's book connection, a way to connect with other readers online with the use of this week's hashtag. And this week, it's hashtag author love. Instagram or tweet a picture of you with your favorite author if you've got one. If not, just tweet us your favorite author. And if they've got a Twitter, tag them in it. If you like the show, please rate and review it on iTunes. It's really great for us and it helps us to reach more readers and listeners. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, and you can always follow along with our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglasses. So thanks for listening and, and thanks, thanks for reading. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.